Hey everybody, welcome to Here's the Deal with uh, Rick Countryman. I'm glad that you're joining us. It's February 10th and uh, I'm excited about uh, today's uh, broadcast, podcast. I'm glad you're, you're joining us. Once again, let me just say, if you ever have a question, just send me a, an email at rickc at bvg.org, rickc at bvg.org. And uh, I get lots of questions, lots and lots of questions. And uh, most of the time I get back to you if you ask me a question. And uh, it may not end up on the broadcast. I may not answer it on the broadcast, but I'll get back to you or I'll have somebody get back to you because I love, you know, answering questions uh, for you. Also, it's a podcast. So all you have to do is go to the Apple Podcast uh, Store punch in, search, you know, Rick, uh, here's the deal with Rick Countryman, and subscribe to the podcast. That way you can take this uh, program with you everywhere you, you go. And uh, once again, thanks for, for tuning in. Thanks for um, being a part of the program. Make sure you share this with your friends. Get it out there. Uh, today's podcast broadcast is going to be really geared to men, for men, so you might want to share this with your husbands. If you're a gal watching out there, you might want to share this with your sons. If you're, uh, you know, a guy or a gal watching this, but I guarantee you, ladies, you're going to get something out of this also. Okay. But before I, I kind of delve into uh, the the main topic of today, I want to do a quickie. I've had a number of people that have asked me um, a question or two about guns. And what do I think about guns? What do I think about, um, you know, owning a gun or whatever? What does the Bible say about gun ownership or, or you know, questions like that? And so uh, I just want to take a second. I may do a whole broadcast on this uh, because it's pretty weighty, but I want to just give you a thought or two because so many of you have asked me about it. And first, let me just say that I own guns, okay? I have a number of guns at my house. I have a safe that has uh, rifles in it, shotguns in it. Uh, it's got all of my ammunition, you know, bullets, shotgun shells, all of that in it. I also own a number of handguns. Um, and um, some of them, most of them are locked in the safe along with all the ammunition that goes with those handguns. But I do have a handgun that I keep uh, in my bedroom. Um, so I first just want to say I have a gun. I have multiple guns. In fact, this last year I, brought, I bought my son his very first uh, gun. I bought him a shotgun, a 12-gauge Remington. It's really beautiful. And he goes out to his buddy's house, the Veneman's house, and he'll shoot, you know, shoot things out there. I've been out the Veneman's and shot out there. So just by virtue of the fact that I own a gun tells you probably where I'm going to go with this. Obviously, I don't have a problem with owning a gun. There is nothing in the scriptures that prohibits you from owning a gun. Nothing. Now, you might be saying, well, of course there's nothing in the scriptures that prohibits you from owning a gun. There weren't guns back in biblical days, right? I get that. I'm going to use, uh, I'll use a knife as an illustration. I also carry a knife with me everywhere I go. 
I take this little tiny knife. It is legal. I take this knife with me everywhere I go, put it in my pocket, carry it with me. And 100% of the time, this knife has just been used for practical purposes. I open a box with it. I open a letter with it. Um, I may, you know, dig something out of, you know, something with it. There have been some times I've, you know, cut some wood with it. Literally 100% of the time, this knife has just been used for those kinds of purposes. But it could be used for other purposes. I could use this for different purposes. I bought a knife for all of the guys in my life. I bought one of these knives right here for my son for Christmas, my son-in-law, and my future son-in-law. I also bought this particular knife for two of, of the guys that I'm in a Bible study with. And so I carry a knife with me all of the time. I do want to take you back to a moment in, in history you can read about it in the Gospels, where Peter is, uh, and Jesus and some of the other disciples are in the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, Judas has just betrayed Jesus, and these Roman soldiers all come, and they grab Jesus. You can imagine the chaos in that moment, and we're told that Peter pulls his knife out of his you know, holster or his sword, and he cuts off uh, an ear of one of the soldiers, okay? Jesus turns to Peter, and he says, I want you to put that knife back in its holster. Put it back in his sleeve, okay? Jesus doesn't tell him, hey, Peter, knives are evil. Swords are wicked, you shouldn't have a sword. You as a, one of my followers shouldn't have a knife. You, 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 you shouldn't use it, you know, have one. He doesn't say that. What he said was, put it back in its sleeve because this is not an appropriate use for that sword at this moment. There are times when that sword could be used in this fashion, but he's saying this isn't one of those times. And I think that principle holds true as it relates to guns. There is nothing in Scripture that says, I can't own a gun or that you can't own a gun. There's nothing in our Constitution that says that you can't own a gun or that I can't own a gun. And so, therefore, since the Bible doesn't prohibit it, and since the laws of our land don't prohibit it, I own guns. There are some countries where you can't own a gun. And so God's word doesn't say you can't, but the country, the laws of that land say you can't, and so you can't own one. Here, the laws say you can. The Second Amendment is very clear. It's crystal clear that I have the right to bear arms for the purpose of if the government were to go sideways. That's the main reason why I own a gun is that if our government were to go sideways, I am entitled to have a gun. Now, secondarily, I use my gun to target practice. I love to go out and shoot my handguns. I love to go to the range. I don't go as much as I should. To me, it's very relaxing, and I love to target practice and all that. I use it for self-defense in my home if someone were to break into my home. 
But those are all secondary to what the Second Amendment says I, uh, says that I can have a gun for, and that is if our government were to go sideways. Now, thank God our government hasn't gone sideways, but I have guns for that purpose. And so when somebody says to me, what do you need that handgun for? You, you don't hunt with that. No, I don't. I have that handgun for the very purpose of what our Second Amendment says, and that is if our government were to go sideways, I'm ready for that. Secondarily, I can have fun out at a range shooting cans or you know targets or whatever it might be. So, just let me make sure I clear this up. I own guns. I have many guns. I have a lot of bullets, and uh, I've given guns away. Uh, gave my son a gun, and there is nothing in Scripture that says I can't own a gun. And there's nothing in our legal system that says I can't own a gun. And so, therefore, I don't own one. Now, with that said, our brother James gave us this bit of wisdom. If you know the right thing to do and you, and you don't do it, to you it's sin. And for some of you, your conscience might be such that you go, man, I'd never own a gun. I'd never own a knife. Okay. If that's your conscience, then please don't violate your conscience. Because James says, if you know the right thing to do, and if the right thing for you is not to own a knife, if the right thing for you is not to own a gun, then don't do it. Please don't do it. But don't put that template on me, and I'm not going to put the template that you should own a gun on you. That's between you and, and, and the Lord. Okay, obviously some of you are going, wow, man, I got a lot of questions. Maybe I'll do a whole broadcast on this uh, at, at some time in the future. But today I want to talk to just the guys, okay? That's the whole point of today. The main topic is I want to give um, uh, guys out there some spiritual disciplines, and I'm going to use that word. I know there's a lot of people that don't like that word for whatever reason. I like that word. 1 Corinthians Okay, chapter 9, verse 25 says this, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. If you're going to compete in the Olympic games or if you're going to compete in any kind of athletic competition, guess what? You go into strict training. You begin to discipline yourself in whatever the sport is that you're going to compete in. And here we are as followers of Christ, we're living in this crummy world, this fallen world, this sinful world, and God wants us to be salt and light in this world. God wants us to make a difference in this world, right? And so if an athlete has to go into strict training to, complete, to compete, so do we. We, as Christians, Christian men, need to have some disciplines in our lives. And I'm going to give you a few. I may not get through them all. So this could be part one of maybe a two or three part uh, series, okay? So I'm going to give you a few things that I think every guy needs to work hard at, okay? I'm going to give you a few things that every guy needs to work hard at. And here's the first discipline, if you will. Work hard at Scripture. Work hard at Scripture. And what I mean by that is this. You have to discipline yourself to read the Scriptures. you got to discipline yourself. And I'm going to suggest that it's every morning you spend time 
reading the scriptures. You discipline yourself here. And I believe it all begins with the scriptures. Every morning I get up, other than Sunday morning, but every morning I get up and I go for a walk, even if it's raining. The other day it was raining like crazy here uh, in Modesto where I live. And I had an umbrella and I was all, you know, got all the warm clothes on and I went for a walk and I put my ear plugs in and I have an app on my phone. It's a Bible app, bibleis.com. And no, uh, Bible, Bible.is. And every morning I listen to the Word of God, probably five or six chapters of the Word of God, about 20 minutes. I'm just listening to the Word. Obviously, because of the job that I have as a pastor or preacher, I'm also reading the Word a lot, also. But I, I, I want you to know it is a discipline, guys. You want to be the man that God wants you to be. You have to spend time in the Word reading it. I also think you have to spend time in the Word studying it. And studying it's different than reading. Studying it kind of has the image of you got a number two pencil in your hand, a yellow pad of paper, and you're really digging into some things. But you also need to meditate on the Word. When I'm walking, I'm just listening to the Word. Chapter one, chapter two, chapter three of whatever book I'm in. Meditating is you, you take one verse and you, you, just, you just think about it. You just dwell on it. Imagine a, a steak that you have marinating in some sauces. It's just, it's just sitting in that sauce for a season before you barbecue it. That's what meditating is. Sometimes you just need to take one verse and just hang with that one verse. But you also have to have a time when you talk about the Word. So yes, you've listened to it. Yes, you've maybe studied it and, and you've meditated on it. But you need a time when you're able to talk about what it is you've been reading, what it is you've been studying, what it is you've been meditating on. Because, man, when you talk about it with somebody else, man, nothing makes the roots of the Scriptures go deep in your life. So the first discipline is work hard at scripture. Work hard at getting in to the word of God. It all begins there. Okay. Now here's the, the second discipline and that is work hard at prayer. Work hard at prayer. And let me just tell you something. Guys, I know for many of you, this can be an awkward time. You don't really know how to do it. You're not just sitting there with another guy or your wife or friends. Here you are alone with God, and it can be very awkward. I get it. That's why I use the phrase work hard at it, because it does take hard work. In James chapter 5, we're told that the prayers of a righteous man the prayers of a righteous person. And a righteous person is just simply somebody who knows the Lord. They've been made righteous because of their relationship with Jesus. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Look it up, James 5.16. And so, yes, you got to work hard at getting into the scriptures, but then you have to spend some time praying. 
And I know, guys, I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of men in my lifetime. It's awkward. I get it. But you got to do it. You have to have a time when you just sit down with the Lord and you talk to him about the things going on in your life. You talk to him about your spouse. You talk to him about your kids. You talk to him about your job, your career. You talk to him about your fiance, your girlfriend. You talk to him about your whatever it is, your education. I, I don't know what it is. But you simply, you're, you're, you're no longer listening to the word. Okay? There comes a moment when I turn this off. And I don't listen to it anymore. And I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes praying, just talking with God. And sometimes I'm just silent. I'm just listening to maybe him speaking to me through a scripture or whatever. But I'm telling you guys, it begins with scripture. That's the first discipline that you've got to master in your life. And then prayer. Work hard at prayer. Those times when you're just talking with the Lord. And I'm going to end with, with this one, okay? I got, this is going to be part one. I, I've, I've got a number of these, but you have to work hard at relationships. So you're working hard in the scriptures, you're working hard in prayer, but you got to work hard in relationships. And, and, you know, when you look through the scriptures, you can't miss the fact that Jesus had a group of men that he did life with. He hung out with a group of men. He hung out with 12 guys, right? Now, one of those guys, Judas, is going to go sideways. So, so, so even the small group that Judas had, had a knucklehead, had somebody who, you know, blew it. You need to have a group of men. And you might have a knucklehead in your group. You may have more than one knucklehead in your group. Hey, you're in good company. So did Jesus. But you need to have a group of guys in your life. You need to have relationships with other men, okay? I have a relationship with a number of men, but I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to just tell you about two groups. The first group, every single uh, Monday, my son, my son-in-law, and my future son-in-law, we get together at my house and we are going through this book, Billy Graham's Peace for Each Day. We're, we're doing this devotional. But I would say the whole time we're together, the, the smallest piece of our time together is talking about this. We're getting caught up. How'd you do last week? How was things? We laugh about things. We, you know, how, how's school going, Kate? How, how's things going at the Modesto Police Department? That, my son-in-law is a police officer. We laugh, we joke, um, it, but we're together. We're having relationship together. And, and that's absolutely critical. Not every moment, you know, that Jesus was with his guys was, you know, he, him teaching them something. A lot of it was they were just hanging out together, walking from place to place, from town to town. Obviously, they talked about weighty things, but a lot of it was they were just together. And I want to encourage you, you need to work hard at relationships. You have to have some other guys in your life. Now, you might be thinking, well, yeah, it's easy for you. Those You got four guys in your life, your son, your son-in-law, and your future son-in-law. Well, let me tell you about another group I have that meets on Fridays. 
I have a group of guys, a couple of guys, and we gather every Friday. And once again, there comes a moment when we get into this book. We share which one of these was our favorite one. We talk about it, and that's a special moment. But the majority of the time we're together, we're laughing and and making fun of each other and teasing each other, talking about our weeks, our careers, our jobs. Um, we're talking about all kinds of things. We just don't get together, you know, and pray and read the Bible and, you know, leave. We're, we're building relationships. We need that in our lives. One of my heroes of the faith was a man by the name of Howard Hendricks. And Howard Hendricks had a, had a famous saying. Howard Hendricks is dead, and he's with the Lord now. But he had a, 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 a saying, a quote that I really love, and it's this. He said, you show me a man who's not in relationship with other men, and I'll show you a man who's, uh, who's, who's basically an accident waiting to happen. Think about that. And I think he's right. Show me a man who's not in relationship with other men, and I'll show you an accident waiting to happen. Can you be in relationship with other guys and, you know what, you do something stupid? Yeah, you can. But I'm telling you, statistically speaking, men who are in relationship with other men on a, on a regular basis, building friendships and all of those things, hanging out together, going on vacations together, whatever all those things will be, are, statistically speaking, they do much better in their walk with the Lord. Remember, Paul says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. And Christian man, we're, we're, we're in the game here. We're in the game of life. And, and man, it's a hostile place down here for those of us that name the name of Christ. And so it's super important that we go into strict training, that we discipline ourselves, we work hard in the scriptures, that we discipline ourselves and work hard at prayer, and we discipline ourselves and work hard in relationships. And here's what I'm going to do. Next week, Lord willing, I, I, I've got a whole bunch of others I thought I was going to get through, but I'll, I'll make this part one, and you make sure you tell your friends and buddies to watch this one or listen to this one and, and pay attention next week, and this will probably be a, a two- or three-parter, okay? So listen, once again, thanks for tuning in to Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. I'm glad you're with me. Make sure you tell your friends about it. Download the, the podcast, and we'll see you here next Wednesday at noon, okay? Blessings.